This is the Thorn Podcast, the show that navigates the complex world of wellness and explores the latest science behind diet, supplements, and lifestyle approaches to good health. I'm Dr. Robert Roundtree, Chief Medical Advisor at Thorn and Functional Medicine Doctor. As a reminder, the recommendations made in this podcast are the recommendations of the individuals who express them and not the recommendations of Thorn. Statements in this podcast have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Any products mentioned are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this special episode of the Thorn Podcast. Today, instead of using our normal dialogue with Frank, we're going to be taking a deep dive into Thorne's new biological age test, which is really quite cool. Uh, I think you're going to find it very interesting. I'm actually going to be showing you my own results and breaking down what they mean. In addition, we're going to be joined by the very talented Laura Kutzes is going to show us her results as well. We're going to be posting a video of the episode along with the podcast. So if you want to watch along when the test results come up, be sure to go to Take 5 Daily on thorn.com, T-H-O-R-N-E.com, where you can follow along in the video and see what's going on. My co-host Frank will be back next time. He's just taking a break this time. So Laura, welcome to the show. How about you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Who the heck are you and what are you doing here? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. It's an honor and a pleasure. I love your podcast. Um, I work for Thorne. I am the SVP of Medical Strategies, and I kind of sit in a position that's between medical and marketing and product development and sports and uh, a little bit of everything. Um so it's it's a great position, and I, I'm so happy that I get to work with literally everybody at Thorn. Um, my role has been with this biological age test pretty in-depth with it. I've, I've had a great experience getting to work with Dr. Nathan Price and um, Dr. John Earls, who are both new to our longevity team, and Dr. Lee Hood, who have all been doing a crazy immense research in this space and who were essentially the founders of this test. So it's been awesome to learn from them, to understand why we're doing this and, you know, get it out to, to everybody who's a Thorn customer and beyond. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about the genesis of this test? So you mentioned that it, it came from uh, Dr. Lee Hood and Dr. Nathan Price. So how did they put this together? This wasn't just some random thing that they they cooked up on a Saturday night over a couple of beers, right? I wish. That would be a great story. <laughs> but this idea of biological age really stemmed from why are we looking at just a few things over time and making clinical recommendations when we could be looking at health metrics and really trying to figure out like what health metrics and, and when do they go wrong, ultimately how it leads to disease in the future. So it's actually more than just a test. It's more like a tracking device for people as you enter, you know, the later years in your life. And didn't they publish at least one paper on this, on the, you know, the notion of the validity of using biomarkers 
as a way to determine biological age as opposed, as opposed to chronological age, which I think that's kind of the key thing here, right? Is you you got your chronological age. Let me let me spit that out right. The age you know of your birth, um, and then there's the age that your body is. So can you say a little bit about the difference between the two and and whether there was published research on this? Yeah, they actually have a few published studies um, and probably considered some of the biggest multiomic studies in the space today. So it's a really great foundation for this test. So biological age versus chronological age. So chronological is based on the calendar, your birthday. It's you know, what you use for your password and everything else in the world. If people ask you how old you are, your driver's license. Your biological age is really what your body says you are. So internally, how old you are from the inside out. There are other methods to test biological age, and they're they're valid, right? There's like the DNA methylation method. age, the DNA methylation age is one. Yeah, and and telomere length and telomere length. Yep. Yeah, there's there's other ways to measure it. We're not saying we're the only one, but we are saying that this is a really actionable way to be able to change what your future holds for you. So instead of thinking about your cholesterol, whether or not you need to be on a statin or not, we're looking at cholesterol as in relation to who you are today, your sex, your age, and if it's appropriate for you based on other people's blood biomarkers. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think the important thing is that this is all clinically validated. It's, again, not something that a couple of guys cooked up in their basement, but that they actually used really extensive artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, algorithms to, to analyze this data in some detail. It's not a lot of complicated things. You know, it's a metabolic panel, a lipid panel, a hemoglobin A1C, a DHEA. You know, they, they called down, they distilled a lot of information to come down to what seems like a really simple set of markers. But it's uh, don't be deceived by that simplicity. Exactly. And we let the statistics like prove to us what was important to include in this test from that huge pool of biomarkers. So, you know, we could have added different biomarkers in there, but sometimes they're influenced by medications or supplementation. Like we really wanted to look at like what's true to the body. And so statistically speaking, this group of biomarkers is, is very strong in being able to predict your biological age. And then ultimately like how that relates to disease in the future. So let me continue along the same line of thinking. Why would a doc want to do this or a client, why would they want to do, what are they going to learn that they wouldn't have learned if they just did the test themselves? If they just, you know, went to their local lab and got a chem panel and a blood sugar and cholesterol, you know, they could look at that and say, oh, well, my markers are, are good or my markers indicate that I need to do something. What are they going to gain from having this additional piece of information about their biological age? Well, how is this going to change what they do? You said it's actionable. Well, mm -hmm. tell us what that means. Yeah, I think the best thing about this report is it's informative too, um, in addition to being actionable. But think about this. I don't have the capabilities of writing for my own blood work. So when I go get blood work done, I typically go to my doctor. I say, you know, I'm, I'm feeling off. I kind of want something done. Or I go and I say, I'm feeling great. You know, probably no need for blood work. Whether or not you get blood work done is usually up to the doctor. So here you have the capabilities of like ordering this test on your own if you want to, which is a great independent um, capability here. 
once you go get the blood work done, you get a really informative report. So the coolest thing is that you view your results in a different way. You actually get to to look at your results from a clinical standpoint, but then also from a biological standpoint. So Mm -hmm. reading about your values, you know, I always use blood glucose as an example, right? This is a, it's a, it's a metric that might just say if it's high or low, that's all you might get from it. But you know, what, what does it mean if it's high? What if it's mean if it's extra high, this type of report would really help figure out how high is too high for you. You need to be thinking about diabetes in the future. Is this getting you um, at risk for future health complications or are you under a clinically normal range? And if you're under a clinically normal range, then typically your doctor would say, oh, you're good. Don't worry about it. We'll see you again in a year. Whereas here um, with this report, you can actually think about like, okay, well, let me start tracking this. Is this going to start creeping up as I get older? Is this something that I can keep an eye on? Is there something I can be doing now that would prevent ever into that diabetic range in the future um, and looking at it from a different light. Okay, I'm a little bit older than you, right? So I'm I'm not quite over the hill. And you can certainly understand why somebody my age, you know, I'm, I'm 67. I'm, you know, wondering, well, how have I done over the years? You know, is my biological age, you know, greater or less than my chronological age? But what about a younger person like yourself? Why would a younger person want to know their biological age. I went and got mine done because obviously I'm a very curious person. I do live a healthy lifestyle, right? Like I like to exercise. I like to eat healthy. I'm always wondering like what I can be doing that would essentially prevent getting old, right? This report compares you against others of the same sex and age that you are. And so I wanted to see what I, how I'm doing compared to others. I mean, and ultimately too, I've, I've gone to the doctor and gotten blood work in the past and I always get the, you're good. See you. Yep. In, you yeah. Know, you don't have diabetes. Sure. Okay, good. So, so what do I do? Like I'm going to go home and live my life for the, the same way I've been doing it in the past. You know, it's, it's going to, something's going to need to change for me to slow down the aging process. And for me to figure that out sooner than later is only to my benefit. I gleaned a lot of information from this test and I'll go through my results with you all on on camera here, but I think it really helps you focus on one area to start. Honestly, since I've gotten my results, I've actually noticeably consumed more water every single day. And I think about it. I actually think about it when I go to the bathroom, when I'm grabbing a glass of water, I'm like, oh yeah, maybe next time my, my result will be a little bit better. So what's involved in doing the test? Can you walk us through, you know, what the process was like for you, how you ordered it, what was it like? Yeah, it was actually very, very simple. I was quite surprised how seamless this went. I purchased my test on thorn.com, filled out my health profile, which um, you only need to fill that out one time, which is phenomenal by Thorn. Um, it's pretty comprehensive. It's going to ask you questions about your, your health history, your medications that you're taking, your current diet, current exercise status, um, and a very comprehensive list about symptoms that you may be experiencing. And it turns out that the way you answer those questions is ultimately going to influence a bit of what you see and read about in your report. So it's super important to make sure that you answer that as accurately you know, as, as possible. So as soon as I finished that, it sent me to schedule an appointment. I looked for an appointment in the morning time because this is a fasted blood test. And knowing myself, I get hangry by about 8 a.m. 
So I looked for the earliest appointment possible. I went there on a Wednesday morning, which is another interesting tidbit. I, um, having worked in the space for a while, I usually tell people if your weekends are different than your weekdays to wait until about Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday to get blood work done, because Monday morning, you still might be off on your, Mm -hmm. your normal schedule, your sleep, your eating, your, you know, whatever it may be. So I went on a Wednesday morning and got my blood drawn. It was super quick. It took about four minutes. They took four small vials from my arm, painless. And I left. They, um, I should mention, oh, when I got there, you, I just showed my phone with my requisition form and mm-hmm. they, and there, you know, there's, I had an appointment, so I didn't wait in the waiting room very long at all, but, um, had my four blood uh, vials drawn. And by Friday around lunchtime, so about 50 hours later, my results were, and I got a notification from Thorne to log in and I was psyched. So it was really smooth, simple, easy. Couldn't have been easier, no, except been for easier. the part about skipping breakfast. That was the worst. Yeah, that no, was the worst part. No coffee. <laughs> yeah, and no coffee. Yeah, I, I have to say I had a very similar experience. Uh, I went online and ordered it, uh, filled out the health questionnaire. That probably filling out that form almost took as long as anything else in the process for me. I was able to stave off the breakfast hunger, and there is a coffee shop not far from. Uh, from the Safeway. So I, I bolted over to the coffee shop as soon as it was done. The process itself of getting the blood drawn was really essential. It was painless. Didn't think anything more of it. And But the most amazing thing to me was that I had my blood drawn on a Wednesday and Monday I got the email from Thorne. Monday I got the email saying, your results are ready. And I go, what? You know, that uh, I was expecting it to take weeks to get all this process, but I had the information right away and was able to go online and peruse it. And I thought it was, that part was pretty cool. So it was, it really couldn't have been easier. And I say that from the perspective of, of having gotten blood drawn in the past and seen it to be more complicated sometimes than this. Um, so they really got the system down. All right, so now that we've kind of covered the basics, um, why don't we take a short break And when we come back, we're going to go over Laura's test results and then my test results and see what we've learned from this experience. Okay, everybody, we're back, and now it's time for the moment of truth. Bum, 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 bum. So we're going to start with Laura's test results, and Laura's going to tell us what she found and, and what does it mean and what the recommendations are. Laura, take it away. Oh, yeah. So this is really private information that I'm sharing with you all. So I hope you get a lot from this, <laughs> but I logged in, um, saw my results right here and this box immediately pops up. It's just telling me that my report was powered with longevity, health intelligence, and that I use machine learning to curate the most in-depth and informative report for me. So I'm really pumped about this. Um, this can be hidden on, on future reports here, but I'm going to leave mine because I like it. 
But right at the top, I found out that, yes, I am 34.6 years old and my biological age is 34.6. So still over the 30 year mark, but I'll take that because you know what? It's younger. So I'm pretty happy with my results right here. I would think you're stoked about that. Yeah. So um, read through here, obviously excellent was what I was told by Thorne. So I'm pumped about that and reading about my health. And there's some clinical evidence talking about how obviously you want to maintain a lower biological age than a chronological age, because the higher your biological age, the more likely or more at risk you are for age related diseases. So pretty stoked about that. This was probably my favorite finding of my report, at least, because this is my comparison to other women my age. And I'm in the 86th percentile. So just like a height and growth chart as a kid, you want to be the higher percentile. And so only 14% of people my age and sex are aging better than me. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped about that, too. So is age rate, is that a thing? Like, is that something in the medical literature and the published literature, this notion of age rate? Yeah. So age rate is essentially looking at like how fast you're aging. So each calendar year, you're aging one year. Calendar year. Yeah. Calendar year. So biologically, I'm aging at 0.9 biological years per calendar year. So with every one year that passes, I'm actually only aging 0.9 years, which is pretty cool when you think about it, because this number will start to get farther and farther and farther if I keep this rate. That So when I'm 60, I might be, you know, 48 rather than mm-hmm. only four years difference now. And like, it'll grow and it will grow if I can maintain oh. this rate. So if you can keep doing what you're doing or even improve on what you're doing, it's going to stay the same or even the rate will slow down. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm aging 10% better. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> that's the way I like to look at it. Yeah. So then my report goes into the four, uh, I'm sorry, the five organ and system ages here. So my blood age is just a little bit higher than my chronological age. But, you know, when I look at this information, I think about the the biomarkers used here specifically, which could have an influence on um, based on hydration status of that morning. So perhaps, um, you know, I might have had a little bit of dehydration that might have changed this. Um, these these values too, specifically the white blood cells will change, um, you know, day to day. They could with an infection or being sick or allergies. It is allergy season here in Arizona. So this could be something that might be changing what I'm looking at. But um, ultimately, my, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I am going to keep an eye on this because I think it's really funny for the last year or so I've been taking a plethora of immune boosting supplements through this COVID. (laughs) Aren't we all? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Literally like six things a day. Um, And I've stayed healthy minus seasonal allergies. And so um, I am looking forward to retesting this maybe sometime this summer and seeing like what this value is. You, You bring up a good point. How often should this test be done, this biological age? So we recommend no sooner than three months. Three months. You'll see some of these blood biomarkers or things like hemoglobin A1C that is going to take 90 days or so to, to refresh, if you will. Um, but, you know, anywhere from three to six months, I like to tell people when you have like something new or different going on in your life, like why not set a baseline? I'm pretty glad that I had blood work done right before COVID, literally in February. And so um, I have some things to compare it to. 
But I, you know, I'm ultimately, I wish I had an entire panel done so I could have had a a biological age compared to now, but (laughs) I did have um, cholesterol stuff done. So here's my lipid age and it's lower than my chronological age. And you can see here, my LDL is 64. Oh my God. How did you, wow. (laughs) Well, last February it was 80. So both numbers numbers are, are clinically okay, but yet- And you did that without taking statins? Nothing. And, you know, so it is interesting to see here. My total cholesterol is a 151 right now. Last February, it was a 168. Um, my HDL is a 73 right now. Last year, it was a 74. So slight changes in this, this numbers, which ultimately I probably would have had a higher lipid age last year, February. Then my liver age, which, you know... Um, my husband's into making craft cocktails, so I'm his taste tester. So I don't have that you're forced, much. You're forced <laughs> to be a taste tester. I'm only human. So, yeah. you know, I, I do I do partake in a little bit of, um, you know, tasting of some alcohol here. So this liver score is still under my chronological age, which to me makes it seem that, you know, I'm doing okay. And let's see, my albumin was a, a 4.4 last February. It is a 4.1 right now. But again, my triglycerides were used in this equation as well. Mm-hmm. And my kidney age is the one that I was kind of surprised about. And it's ultimately making me think a little bit more about my hydration. Here in Arizona, it's so hot. And I definitely don't drink enough water on a regular basis. So this was an eye opener for me. Um, and yeah, and it's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. Yeah. So I, I, ultimately my skin is dry. My lips are chapped, like everything. So this is a like my biggest area of focus for my personal self, thinking that like, oh, my kidneys are a bit aged more than my chronological age. Like this is this is something I need to think about if I'm going to be living in Arizona for a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, my metabolic age is pretty good here. My hemoglobin A1C is, is one of the biggest drivers of this age score. And so at a 4.8, um, I don't know off the top of my head, but I do think that assumes that I keep a, about a daily average blood glucose of around a 80 or a 75 or something. Yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely lower than 90. Yeah, which this might be attributable to my um, hangriness in the morning. <laughs> my blood sugar is a little There's low. no sugar <laughs> reserves. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's a, a good number to look at. But this is you know, typically what a doctor would look at to 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 say if you have prediabetes or diabetes. So, um, you know, a doctor would have seen my value here and just said like, oh, you're doing great. But here with this report, like you could read what this actually means in terms of your metabolic age rather than in a, in the light of diabetes. (laughs) And so then my report has some personalized recommendations. I'm being told to follow the Mediterranean style diet, which I love. So that's awesome to hear. Um, and, and it shows details about what, if somebody says, what does that mean? Like, you know, do they drink Greek wine or olive oil or what is it? Yeah. So tons of foods to eat, foods not to eat. Um, there's some meal plans in here. There's references, there's resources. So um, that's going to be really easy for me to follow. And then some other focuses on different vitamins to really focus on my blood age and my kidneys and then there's exercise recommendations. So I know in my health profile, I, I filled it out that I exercise pretty regularly. And actually through, through um, this whole last year with coronavirus, I've really switched my exercise routine from being more of like an endurance-based athlete. I can definitely tell a difference in my muscle mass. And so 
I'm really looking forward now that like races are back in season. I'm going to be training for another marathon, like how this might change and how my, my biological age might change too, as I change my exercise. And then here I'm, I'm being recommended one product to focus on. It's all you need. <laughs> and interesting. You said you've mentioned allergies several times, and this is, you know, we, we're not going to make any claims about anything, but there is research out there on quercetin stabilizing mast cells. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, this little description here actually speaks to a few things that I have going on with myself. So I was like, okay, this is a perfect match for me. And, um, you know, when I retest, it'll be interesting to see what comes up as being like the products being recommended for me again at that time based on my results. And so for people who also just want to know, like, what was the rest of my blood work and how was it used? Um, this report, as I showed up above, gives you the four biomarkers that are influencing your score the most, a few that are, might be pushing it up, a few that might be pushing it down. But here down at the bottom, you can hover over and read all about your hemoglobin and like what its clinical value is. Obviously, in the red or the orange is not good. The green and the blue is the clinically normal range. And if you scroll quick, because you don't want to read everything, you can see that I'm pretty much in the blue or the green for everything. So that's a positive. That's what you want to see. That's what you want to see. Yeah. And if you want to dive deeper into any specific thing, you can. Um, oh, that's cool. Just do that again. Yeah. Yeah. So you, when you click on the underlined things, there's a link or a, yes. at least a box that comes up. Yeah. And the other cool thing about this test is I'm really looking forward to it again. And we'll have to show it when, when I do a second test, but this will track over time. So when oh. I do a second test, yeah, it's going to show, um, you know, my HDL compared to from this time to next time. Hopefully, obviously it's always going to be going up, but it will, it will track over time and you'll be able to see the date of the last one and the date of your current one and um, be able to compare. Very nice. Yeah. So were you surprised about anything in my test? Um, no, not knowing you and, and <laughs> how you take care of yourself. Uh, you know, this is this is what I would have thought that you're, you're looking pretty good there. Yeah, I, I was laughing, too. So another a few things that have changed in my life, at least in the last year, was that we got a dog through quarantine. So my phone reminded me that I walked like over 700 miles in the last year. Because I walk my dog twice a day, morning and night, mile mm -hmm. and a half, two miles. So my lifestyle really changed. And, you know, while a lot of people are going through a lot of stress, I would say that that dog really helped me maintain like an even keel through the last year. So I, you know, if I have to attribute anything to my health, I would say those were the few major changes that I had, you know, um, changing my exercise routine and really like focusing on things that made me happy over the last year. One thing I forgot to ask, how much does the test cost? To the consumer? Yeah, $95, which is reasonable and, you know, barely more than what you'd pay for a copay for a doctor's visit anyways. So, you know, if you went and, and got and somehow got these tests yourself, you may spend more than that for this panel. Definitely. And, and a way to save money would be to ultimately subscribe, like knowing that you want to take this test two or three times a year, just subscribe up front. You'll save 10%. Oh, Wow. So it's good. So if you need to get this, these tests done anyway, you know, why not do it through this avenue? Mm -hmm. Definitely. All right. I'll let you share yours. I can't wait to see them. Okay. So here we are with my test. Hi, Robert. Uh, here's how we came up with your results. 
And here's the overview. So I'm happy to say that my chronological age is 67.8 uh, years, and I'm only 57 biologically. So that was that was actually a lot better than I expected to see. A lot better. I was I was kind of worried to say, oh my God, you're 80 years old. You might as well just give it up. So this was very encouraging news. And looking at my age rate, uh, it says I'm aging at 0.8 biological years per year. So that means the older I get, the younger I'm going to be. Or yeah. not quite that, but something along those lines. So I'm, I must be doing something right. Um, you know, and I can say after being in medical practice for almost 40 years now, uh, I've certainly seen my share of people that weren't taking care of themselves. You know, that they smoke cigarettes, uh, they they drink too much alcohol, they don't exercise, and you can see them aging faster. Mm -hmm. You know, I know people that are my age that you just look at them and you know they're older. So you know that the rate of biological aging can be vastly different from person to person. And this test really helps sort out what some of those things might be. I'm not so, surprised to see any of these things for you. You are a ball of energy. Like a 57, I'm actually surprised it's not 47. <laughs> well, maybe it could be if I was uh, running marathons like you are. Um, <laughs> we shall see. So uh, my blood age was uh, over 10 years younger than my chronological age. And it, it looks like the only thing that increased it was the MCV, which is the average volume of blood cells, the mean corpuscular volume. I'm, I love it that we still use that word corpuscles. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun word to just say out loud, corpuscles, isn't it? Like, you know, it really takes us back to ancient times. But, uh, you know, one I would say one advantage for me is living in Colorado at high altitude, you know, at over a mile high, tends to push up your hemoglobin in a matocrit. So, you know, if you're anemic here, you're really anemic. Um, yeah, that's a and great then, point. Interesting, my DHEA, uh, because my DHEA level was, was higher than average, that really dropped my blood age by 15 years. So, it's one of the biggest drivers in this test is, is being able to maintain a higher DHEA. I should have mentioned too, so like, I think pretty much every variable measured in this test is influenced by age. So some things will slowly start to creep up. Some things will slowly start to creep down. And that's what makes this so um, unique to be able to look at this over time is that, you know, DHEA is something that starts to decrease as you age. So your ability to be able to maintain it as high as possible as you age is ultimately going to set you up for a lower biological for age. For a lower biological age. So it's interesting because I measure DHA a lot in my patients and um, the, the lab range for normal drops with age. So the, you know, the concept is, oh, it's normal for your DHA to plummet. It's normal to plummet. And I'm not sure I think that's a good thing or not. Yeah. And this, this test is saying based on that artificial intelligence model and the machine learning, you know, what they found from analyzing people is that that's not true. It's just not true that, you know, having a higher DHA is actually beneficial. Yeah. And DHA is different for men and women, too. So uh, you're you're being compared to, to your 
to pe- yeah, to men your age and you're crushing it. <laughs> I'm crushing it. Well, that's good to know. Um, my liver age is, uh, again, more than 10 years younger than my chronological age. And the only thing that drives that up is a slight increase in my alkaline phosphatase, which is not, it's not abnormally high. Let's see if I, I guess there's no place to click on this here, but down at the bottom, I can look at that. But I, I know it's in the normal range, but it's a little higher than average. Would you have any comments about that? Is there something I should do about that? Well, I mean, I think that like, depending on your highest age score, I mean, it still looks okay when you mm-hmm. think about it, because you have to think about this in context too, right? Like if that's not even a clinically normal um, if it's not a clinically normal range, then like, yes, it's something we would probably want to action on, but mm-hmm. taken in the context of your liver score, it's actually still lower than even right below your kidney score. So, you know, it's something to keep an eye on, but I don't know if it would be like your main focus moving forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know that uh, over the years, we've talked about how zinc uh, can have an influence on alkaline phosphatase, but, you know, I'm not sure which direction that goes in. So what you're saying is not to worry about it. That, well, you know, my liver's in pretty good shape. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not something you panic about. No, I'm not going to panic about this at all because it's, yeah, it's made me a little bit older, uh, but uh, but not to worry. Uh, my kidney age is still younger than my chronological age, and I I think that's probably something where you don't see as much divergence. Uh, with aging, you know, between chronological and biological age that I'm guessing there are a lot of stresses on our kidneys in yeah, our and, society. And physiologically too, as you age, the kidneys change so much. I mean, the, the whole um, system involving urination changes, your bladder volume changes, the muscles to be able to can, you know, holding bladder volume and just everything changes. And it's one of the reasons, you know, when people have to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and to be able to think about not having to do that for a while, um, to not disrupt your sleep. It's like, okay, maybe this is an area that you should keep a, you know, a bigger watch on, um, than more so than, than your liver. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Take care of my kidneys. So here's an, a- an area where I do fall down a little bit. Um, and the, the problem is that I have uh, a slight increase in my hemoglobin A1C. Your, what was yours? 4.8? Mm-hmm. So I'm a percent. That 1% higher than you makes a difference. Um, I will say that is something that I have dealt with for years is trying to keep that under control. I mean, I, I grew up in the Deep South in Alabama uh, and, and I don't have any nice words to say for the kind of diet that I grew up eating. You know, this is telling me that, um, that that's the one thing that's kind of slowing me down and making me older. And, uh, and I will point out that later there's some uh, actionable things to, to do about this. So we, we can talk about that in a minute. I'm sure you would have your own opinion about, about what I should do. Uh, because if everything else is saying I'm younger uh, than my chronological age, and this is the one thing that's driving it up. Yeah, these two variables alone are definitely influenced by your sugar and carbohydrate intake. So I don't know how much you eat of that, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if your recommendations suggested to really cut as much as you could. Yep. Well, let's see what the recommendation is. Oh, 
I also got the recommendation to follow the Mediterranean diet. And I will say that, uh, you know, I don't think this is, uh, this is an accident that we both had that same recommendation because it's really the best researched overall diet. Now, the next thing is to exercise more. I do exercise about 150 minutes a week. I, I swim uh, about a mile and a quarter twice a week. I do aerobic dance. I go for long hikes. I go for bike rides, but I think I could probably crank it up more. And then the last one, stand up. Oh boy. Um, I'd spend a lot of time sitting. Um, you know, Me too. that's a pandemic related thing is I, I never used to sit this much and it's really a bad habit. So, uh, it's not really a habit. It's like, well, I'm on zoom all day. Uh, what am I going to do? But I think they're making a good point. It's good to get up on a pretty regular basis and move around, just not getting stuck in front of the computer. Yeah, so, I need to put a sticky note on my computer to be like, stand up. And so when I look at it, like I need to just remind myself, stand up, do a few squats, sit back down. So interesting, the uh, two things that it recommends that I take are metabolic, which is a, basically a, it's a partial meal replacement that has got a number of fibers in it to improve the gut microbiome and a vegetarian protein, along with, uh, I know, a number of supplements to lower blood sugar. So Interesting that that and berberine are the two things that are being recommended. This is a great um, validation to show you that like berberine was correct for you this whole time that you've been it's, taking that I was it doing the like, right this thing. Is, this is necessary for you. So yep, yep. So uh, so these are really good recommendations for me to follow. Um, and then again to to summarize everything, you know, what are the markers that look good? Everything is pretty much right there in that blue-green range for blood health. Everything in my electrolytes is in the blue-green range. So, you know, this is a good tip-off. If something is in the red zone, then you should probably talk to your doctor about it, correct? Definitely. That, that's kind of what's being said, is if you're in the red zone, then it's not this just that you're older biologically, but there, there's something you should look into. So... Yeah. Wow, that was a fun journey to go through all that stuff. So we learn a lot. Uh, and uh, and I hope that this is something that our listeners will want to take advantage of and, uh, and go on this journey with us. So here's kind of one last question for you, Laura. So if people do this test and then they have questions about it, where do they go? Do they go to their doctor? Do they go to Thorne? Thorn has a pretty extensive professional network. If if you need if you have questions, if you want to talk to somebody who knows Thorn products, Thorn in and out. Um, but I mean, there's obviously our customer service if it's a customer service related question or Thorn professional network. But but ultimately, it's a it's a guide to get you started on something. So if you're going to make any changes or anything significant in terms of medications or diet or whatever, yeah, take it to your doctor. You know, start that conversation and and say, these are my results. These are my blood work. Like I want to, I want to think about this and I want to retest and I want to make a plan. Like, can you help me do this? So we really encourage people to work with their doctor on this. Like don't, don't, you know, it, it's not a, uh, don't try this at home because you definitely do try this at home, right? This is, it's a home-based test. Uh, it, you know, it is something you can, you can look at the results in the privacy of your own home. But if you have any questions at all, 
you know, about some of the strategies involved, then certainly we would encourage people to take this to their doctors. So we want doctors to know about it. <laughs> Definitely. You know? I, I mean, I personally wouldn't start anything new without talking it over with my doctor, thinking about medications that I'm taking and their interactions. Or, you know, if I was being recommended to do intermittent fasting and I was taking a medication that was changing my blood sugar level, um, you know, I would want to know and, and have that, uh, you know, on hand. So when, if or when something were to happen, you would have something to relate back to. But I personally am looking forward to focusing on my kidneys and hydration mm -hmm. and the training and, you know, probably a bit on my diet, thinking about ways I'm cooking and, and what I'm eating a bit more and retesting and probably by the end of the summer. So terrific. Yeah. Well, the same for me is like I've, I've definitely gotten some feedback on what I need to work on. So thank you, Laura Kunces, for being with us and talking about Thorne's biological age test. Uh, Laura, if I listeners want to hear more from you or find out what you're doing or get in touch with you, is there some way to follow you or or find out what well, you're doing? Um, well, find me on thorn.com. I read a lot of Take Five Daily articles, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm in the Thorn Network. So email me or reach out to me and um, I'd love to talk biologically if anyone wants to share their results and and you know bounce some ideas back and forth. Wonderful. Well, thanks again. This is great fun to go through this. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this special episode, this special edition of the Biological Age Test. We hope you'll give it a try. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Thorn Podcast. Make sure to never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on your podcast app of choice. If you've got a health or wellness question you'd like answered, Simply follow our Instagram and shoot a message to at Thorn Research. You can also learn more about the topics we discussed by visiting thorn.com and checking out the latest news, videos, and stories on Thorn's Take 5 daily blog. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to join us next time for another episode of the Thorn Podcast.